want you to hit me as hard as you can. He may be your favorite filmmaker and you may not even know it. No, his name is not exactly as recognizable as other Hollywood directors, but John McTiernan has brought us some of the finest cinema to ever explode onto the silver screen. His films redefined and went beyond genre, and even satire. John McTiernan captured the imagination of generations. One man brought us Predator, Die Hard 1 and 3, The Hunt for Red October, Last Action Hero, and more. One man named John McTiernan. He's an underrated genius who makes films with his guts and his balls, but not in a gross way. This dude was pumping out badass classics like it was nothing. Then one day he remade Rollerball and went to prison. Yeah, that's what the fuck happened to him. The end, I guess. But let's go a little bit more into detail, shall we? Because we truly want no need to know what the fuck happened to John McTiernan. John McTiernan has a tremendous ability to visualize the film in his head and just go get that film not waste any time, not bullshit around. Just want to take this time to say thank you for watching. Please like, share, subscribe, and click that notification bell to get those notifications for some of that future content. Now, back to the show. But to truly understand what the f*** happened to director John McTiernan, we must start at the beginning, and the beginning began when he was born on his birthday, 1951, in Albany, New York. Young Johnny Boy went to the prestigious Juilliard School and graduated from the AFI Conservatory with a Master's in Fine Arts. After graduating college, McTiernan would write and direct the film Nomads, starring Pierce Brosnan, you know, the star of Remington Steel, like you've never seen him before. And the star of Remington Steel, Pierce Brosnan, like you've never seen him before. Nomads is a really cool, gritty thriller, and it's filled with some very interesting camera movements and a tense atmosphere. This is truly a magnificent debut for a filmmaker, if I do say so myself, and myself does say so. The film was made for a relatively low budget and was able to pull in over two million at the box office. But those pesky critics, they were not kind to the film. Many called it too confusing to understand. However, sometimes all a film needs is one fan. And for Nomads, that one fan happened to be Arnold Schwarzenegger, who was very impressed with how the director was able to create such an action-packed, thrilling thrill ride on such a low budget. So Arnold recommended John McTiernan to the producers of his next project. Predator. You son of a bitch. <laughs> this is one of the greatest films of all time. One of those lightning in a bottle type things that only seemed to happen in the late 80s. With McTiernan in the director's chair guiding a cast full of muscles and future governors, you think you're only getting a badass men on a mission action flick at first. 
Then the story perfectly transitions into a sci-fi horror extravaganza, blending genres like a blender, resulting in a final one-on-one -on -one epic showdown between man and monster. And only one monstrous man could direct such a masterpiece. John McTiernan, I'm, I'm talking about John McTiernan. The set of Predator was plagued with problems, one of which being the original suit which caused Jean-Claude Van Damme to drop out, plus the cast and crew was suffering from Montezuma's revenge. All except John McTiernan, of course. Predator would go on to make over $98 million worldwide off an $18 million budget, spawning an entire franchise. Not exactly sure if that's a good or a bad thing, though, yet. This movie, I think, is better than you're giving it credit for. It's a, it is exactly what it is. It is a pure summer <laughs> action picture. Predator, rated R, now playing in theaters everywhere. And just like how Predator was basically Rambo versus an alien, without Sylvester Stallone, his next film was basically Rambo in an office building without Sylvester Stallone. Or at least that's how it was pitched, because John McTiernan's Christmas classic Die Hard is so much more than that. <laughs> McTiernan had one condition before accepting the job as director of Die Hard. The film had to have some joy and comedy in it. He had no interest in making a film that was just terrorist being mean. And even though now the film is considered a Christmas classic by everyone in the world, the studio was in desperate need of a big summer release, so in 1988 they decided Die Hard was that movie. Die Hard would go on to make roughly $140 million, and it received many positive reviews, mostly praising the direction, saying that John McTiernan helped the film feel grander than what it truly was even in its more intimate scenes, and that the way the film was shot helped make sure that every character was fully developed. And the action was pretty badass too. Die Hard would go on to literally inspire every action movie ever made ever since. And this one also went on to spawn a franchise, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing either. Yippee-ki-yay, motherfucker. McTiernan's next film would be the first appearance of the popular character Jack Ryan, played by Alec Baldwin, in The Hunt for Red October. This Tom Clancy novel was labeled unfilmable. But you know what? John McTiernan filmed it. The Hunt for Red October received overwhelmingly positive reviews, even though Sean Connery doesn't even try to be Russian. But nobody really cared because the direction was so well directed. And yeah, the best part about this film is how John McTiernan handles the suspense and action in confined spaces. It's truly brilliant. The Hunt for Red October would be nominated for three Oscars, and it would win Best Sound Effects Editing, making just over 200 million at the box office on a relatively small budget of 30 million. So John McTiernan as a director became known 
as the guy who knows how to make edge-of-your-seat action films that turn a profit. Good movies that actually make money? Wow! Sean Connery, Alec Baldwin, James Earl Jones, Scott Glenn, Sam Neill. The Hunt for Red October. And then came Medicine Man. John McTiernan would reunite with Sean Connery. I just now realized he works with two 007s. Unfortunately, Medicine Man was mistakenly marketed as an action flick, but it's actually more of a drama. The film would be a massive misfire for all involved, with the critics disliking the performances and everyone being disappointed in the lack of action. Wait a minute, I don't understand. What don't you understand? John McTiernan's next film would be another disappointment, even though I consider it to be one of the greatest films ever made. Last Action Hero. This film would reunite John McTiernan with his Predator star, Arnold Schwarzenegger, for a very meta tale about a movie star and his big screen alter ego. It's a pitch perfect parody. John McTiernan helped create what they're making fun of so he is the perfect person to hire to direct this film. He understands what they're making fun of because they're making fun of him. With nothing but love and respect, though, of course. Once you try to paint by the numbers, somebody's gonna make fun of you. Last Action Hero was predicted to be a massive summer blockbuster. However, it opened up around the same time as Jurassic Park. And apparently they were still filming and editing this thing one week before it was released in theaters. And those pesky critics, they were no help. They just didn't get it. Those critics, they seemed to really hate the uh, inconsistent tone. Nobody could really understand if this was a comedy or an action film or, 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 or what. Oh shit. But of course, amongst all those horrible reviews, there were a few that praised John McTiernan's direction, saying that even though he's spoofing the genre, he still finds a way to make some spectacular action sequences work. Of course, nearly 30 years since the film's release, Last Action Hero has gone on to be considered a cult classic. But yeah, as a kid in the 90s, I would watch this thing over and over. I even have a Jack Slater action figure with Karate Chop action. And in fourth grade, I read the novelization. Last Action Hero would receive six Razzie Award nominations, including Worst Director for You Know Who. I enjoyed chunks of Last Action Hero, but culturally, I think it may be more significant than it is entertaining. It's a bomb! After two failures in a row, McTiernan took a self-imposed break from filmmaking, even declining an opportunity to direct Batman Forever. But when the opportunity arose to take on the next chapter of Rough and Tumble NYPD Cup John McClane in Die Hard with a Vengeance, Die Hard 3, Johnny Boy knew it was time for him to get back into business. And he did, with a vengeance. And he uses the camera, I think, more than any guy I've ever worked with to tell the story as well. 
which isn't which is like having another character in the film. The original script of Die Hard with a Vengeance was titled Simon Says and was an original story. This was purchased by Warner Brothers and repurposed to be a lethal weapon film. Then when that lethal weapon film never got off the ground, Warner Brothers put the script on Turnaround, which saw Fox pick it up, and they repurposed it once more as a Die Hard sequel, ultimately becoming the third film in this franchise. John McTiernan calls the plot of Die Hard with a Vengeance frail and outrageous, but he hoped that people would enjoy its ridiculousness. And I sure as heck did. Critical reactions to the film were mixed, but many appreciated the chemistry between Bruce Willis and Samuel L. Jackson, as well as those amazing fast-paced action sequences. But yeah, I say this is actually a pretty amazing action film, and it does not get the respect it deserves, simply because it's a threequel. And yeah, Die Hard 1 is amazing, but it shouldn't overshadow this. We should still respect and appreciate this with a vengeance. Regardless of those critiques, the film would go on to be one of the top grossing worldwide films of 1995, as well as John McTiernan's top grossing film of his career, with over $366 million. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... In a John McTiernan film... Die Hard with a vengeance. Then Johnny Boy took another few years off for some rest and relaxation, but he returned in 1999 with two projects. The first would be a slick remake of the Thomas Crown Affair, reuniting with his 007 Nomad star, Pierce. The film received mostly positive reviews with critics, calling it a sleek and stylish motion picture and a worthy remake. And you know what, that's actually an amazing accomplishment for a director, to remake a classic film without insulting it, while making it his own. Audiences sure did like the Thomas Crown Affair, and they gave it 124 million of their dollars, and John McTiernan says that he has in fact written a sequel, it's called Thomas Crown and the Missing Lioness, and only time will tell if that ever gets made. John McTiernan's second film of 1999 didn't fare quite as well. It was called The Thirteenth Warrior. It's a big screen adaptation of the Michael Crichton novel, Eaters of the Dead, which is kind of like a loose retelling of Beowulf. Test screenings of this movie were so poor that the studio brought in Michael Crichton to direct the reshoots himself, pushing John McTiernan aside, which you should never do. And they also pushed the release date back over a year, as the film was being recut with a new ending and a new score and even a new title. At first they were calling it Eaters of the Dead, but then they changed it to The Thirteenth Warrior. I got nothing wrong with the title of The Thirteenth Warrior, but Eaters of the Dead sounds so much cooler. Critics said that the film looked good, but they could not get past the horrendous plot. You can tell that there's the makings of a better film deep inside of it, trying to get out, but it's doing its best. And when it was all said and done, The 13th Warrior had cost a reported 160 million, 
but was only able to recoup a little over 61 million back at the box office, making it one of the biggest money losers in box office history. But I am curious to see the original cut of what John had in mind. Hashtag release the McTiernan cut. Then, in the year 2002, we would see John McTiernan return to the director's chair to remake Rollerball for some reason. John McTiernan's original cut of the film was a very hard R, with lots of blood and gore and nudity and rollerballs. But after test audiences reacted poorly to all that blood and gore and nudity, MGM decided to do an extensive reshoot and re-edit toning it all down to make it a nice PG-13. And yeah, those critics and audiences, they, they did not appreciate this incoherent mess. And this Rollerball remake would only make 25 million off a 70 million dollar budget. And McTiernan would win Worst Director from the Stinker's Bad Movie Awards. Of course, this film Rollerball would eventually become the source of more problems for John McTiernan, but we'll get to that in just a bit. First, we need to basically discuss Basic. Yeah, his next movie was Basic, and as of right now, this was his last theatrical release. And this military thriller received mostly negative reviews, many saying that it lacked logic. So Basic was basically a flop losing millions at the box office. Wanna see what happens when you lie? What are you doing? When you lie? Of course, now John McTiernan has kinda become more infamous for his work not on film sets. Apparently, lying to the FBI is a big old no-no. And that's what Johnny Boy did. On April 3rd, 2006, John McTiernan was charged with making a false statement to an FBI investigator about hiring a private investigator. This private investigator was being indicted on over 110 counts of serious crimes, such as racketeering, witness tampering, and identity theft, to illegally wiretap the producer of Rollerball. McTiernan apparently didn't see eye to eye with the producer of Rollerball on the direction of the film, and he hired this private eye to find out what the producer's true intentions were, thinking that he was sabotaging Rollerball. Keep in mind, he was doing all of this illegal activity for Rollerball. McTiernan initially pleaded guilty to the charge as part of a plea bargain deal to cooperate with the prosecutors. However, those prosecutors believed that John McTiernan was still lying to them and was only telling partial truths, which then saw them seek a prison sentence for the famous filmmaker. McTiernan then hired new lawyers, accusing his previous ones of essentially not properly defending him. He tried to withdraw his guilty plea, but the judge did not allow that and sentenced him to four months in prison and a $100,000 fine. The judge commented that McTiernan was someone who felt that he was above the law. And here is where we learn that sometimes it's better to leave well enough alone. John McTiernan appealed the sentence 
and an appeals court actually vacated his sentence saying that McTiernan was entitled to a proper hearing about his previous plea. But with the case reopening and McTiernan reversing his plea, the prior plea was off the table and the prosecutors, fed up with John McTiernan's continued lies, filed additional charges against him including a second charge of lying to the FBI and one count of perjury with a potential jail sentence of up to five years. McTiernan would enter a guilty plea this time on all three charges and was sentenced to one year in prison with the same $100,000 fine. The judge said that John McTiernan's crimes were more than just a momentary lapse in judgment and that he had never seemed to fully accept responsibility for what he had done. Lying on the telephone to the FBI. So bad. Don't lie to them. McTiernan would appeal the decision again, but ultimately it stuck, and on April 3rd, 2013, John McTiernan world-famous filmmaker finally surrendered to federal prison in South Dakota for his one-year sentence. And funny enough, this movie maker said that his prison experience was not like the movies. But apparently he suffered from depression while serving time and lost 30 pounds. But it wasn't all a waste, apparently. While in prison, he had the time to write that Thomas Crown Affair sequel. Hopefully it gets made one day. And he learned a lot about himself and how he feels about the corrupt prison system that, that we have, I guess. But on February 25th, 2014, movie maker John McTiernan was released from prison and was allowed to serve the remainder of his sentence on house arrest. Again, we must all keep in mind that all of this was brought on because of the movie Rollerball, the remake. Die Hard, Predator, or even Last Action Hero, I can understand someone doing time for those, but... Rollerball? With John McTiernan's legal issues, he became pretty toxic in Hollywood. The Hollywood Reporter called John McTiernan one of Hollywood's most despised people, which I don't really get. I mean, he, he lied to the FBI. Okay, I'm pretty sure there's far worse, way more uh, sinful, dangerous activity going on in Hollyweird right now than lying to the FBI, but you know, well, yeah, okay, yeah. Since his release from prison, John McTiernan has stayed off the radar, only popping up in 2017 to direct a short film called The Red Dot, which was released as an advertisement for a video game, Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon Wildlands. But yeah, things may be looking up on the John McTiernan front. In May 2019, it was announced that he would be teaming up with Uma Thurman to make a sci-fi action film. This was to begin shooting, but then they decided to shut the whole f***ing world down thus shutting this production down as well. Hi, my name's John McTiernan. John McTiernan made a name for himself by making badass action films. His mighty handful of films truly made a mark on the art of movie making, especially in the action section of blockbuster video. And every single modern-day action movie owes a massive debt 
to this man. But sometimes one bad decision can derail your whole life, and for McTiernan that decision was to direct the remake of Rollerball, and lie to the FBI. Don't lie to the FBI, I guess. Or don't get caught. Some advice, children? Thanks for the advice. John McTiernan is now in his 70s, and free as a bird. Obviously, there's still some gas in his tank, and I say the world is due for at least one last classic John McTiernan action flick. Or maybe he should do a movie about what he learned about the prison system. But only if he wants to, because you know what, he served his time, no pun intended, I guess, and has paid his dues to the art of cinema. Like I said before, one dude brought us Predator, Die Hard 1 and 3, Hunt for Red October, Last Action Hero, and more. And that one man goes by the name of John McTiernan. With times a-changin' and movies not being, uh, good anymore, filmmaker John McTiernan may very well be the true last action hero. And that is what the f*** happened to John McTiernan. With a vengeance. Thank you for watching our show. If you like what you see, please subscribe to our Joe Blow Videos channel. Tell your friends who like this sort of content, and turn on the bell to receive notifications for all of our latest videos. We're an independent company, and we appreciate all your support.